Hey, everybody. This is Frankie from the Breakpoint Podcast. We want to thank you all for tuning in to Marcus and I discussing our love and passion for the game of tennis. Your engagement and support goes a long way to helping this podcast continue to grow. Please be sure to give us a follow, rate our podcast on our social channels, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, or any other place that you get your podcasts. And on social media, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast 7, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod 7, LinkedIn, and of course, our website, podpage.com forward slash break dash point dash podcast. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you're the first to know when there's a new episode drop and more people like you can find our podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Breakpoint Podcast. This week, as usual, our midweek review of the Grand Slam tournament currently ongoing, which is Roland Garros 2023. And before I let Frankie speak here, um, the curse has hit again. Bad. Really, really bad. And Frankie's responsible for, for some pretty brutal ones, and I would like to read them off and then get his thoughts on, on, on what he's done to ruin these people's weeks. Um, let's start off with Jan Leonard Struff, who he mentioned three times last episode would make a deep run to the semifinal. Um, and I was weirdly quiet about it, and the reason being was because, uh, you know, I kind of had a feeling that might happen. Frankie, he loses first round. Uh, Yannick Sinner, I gotta admit, we both kind of thought would go a little bit better. We didn't expect him losing to Danya Eidmeyer. That is obviously going to be another topic of conversation. Maria Sakari, Frankie also said might make a deep run. That went to, uh, the, the crapper. Same thing with Jesse Pagula. Caroline Garcia, Frankie, you said would make the final. Sheesh, second round. Garcia, Ooh. Garcia was the worst one. In Ooh, my opinion, yeah. on the women's side, I have no conviction on really any of them outside of like those top three players. But mm. the Caroline Garcia one was... In my opinion, I think that was yeah. the worst one of the whole tournament. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that one's pretty bad. And then, Do- and then he picked Dominic Team to make a make a run. I mean, okay, ugh. wait, 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 Frankie, let's calm down. That was not me picking him to make a deep run. I was like, if he wins a match, like, don't be surprised if he starts to do well. But regardless well i'm gonna roll the tape back on that one because i just listened to the episode right before this and you said something a little different all right well dominic team i was not really like that super convictive on but the rest Mm -hmm. of them yeah no this has been an all-time breakpoint podcast curse stinker um great by the way i I did have just put this only on frankie I mean, we did both pick Medvedev to make like the quarters or semis as well. And that, yeah, I mean, that one, that one, I'm not, that one, I actually think we were okay with because I think there was a lot of people who were predicting him to really have a straight path through to the final. And we both, because we got a listener question on it, and we both like pumped the brakes and said, like, "Mm, let's see, like, this will be the tournament that we actually see if that's true or not. So I actually think we were fine with that. Um, The Sinner one, I, I think was also universal across the board. Everybody was really disappointed with that. I think that probably we both should have realized like Altmaier's a guy that's given him trouble in the past. And like, we'll, we'll talk more about it and like, should have like flagged that match as like a potential problem. But listen, I will say on the broad strokes, like you and I both said that Carlos Alcaraz was by far the favorite to win this thing along with Djokovic. And I still don't 
like I still think that that's true. I still think that like our broad stroke narrative that this is his to lose is is correct. Um, and I, I I think that like somebody who we I want to talk more about is uh is 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 Stefano Sitsipas, who has had like a really interesting sort of run so far. I think Holger Ruina has looked great uh so far as we predicted. Casper Rude has looked fine question mark like okay so far which is great uh but i mean the 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 craziest one oh karen kachanov is another person that we flagged and said would do well he's done well but uh, this tournament has been very very unpredictable so far on, on both the men's and the women's side and especially the women's side now that Rybakina has pulled out due to uh illness which is unfortunate because she was playing pretty well uh, you know, it, it's going to be really, really interesting so far. Um, I actually want to start with the women's because we always do the women's last as like an afterthought. I think we should start with the women's this time. Totally agree with you. And by the way, listeners, I was just looking to flame Frankie here because oh, I don't get to do it too often. But like, this was very well deserved. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's be brutal. clear. Let's be clear here. I take full <laughs> responsibility. I this is like the worst tournament I've ever predicted. By far, mm-hmm. like it's first week at not least. even. Yeah, I, that's fair. Like if Carlos ends up winning it, then like sure. It's like but, we'll get if, any it, points, if it yeah. ends up being if it ends up. Let's be clear. If it ends up being like Carlos Alcaraz versus Holga Runa in the final, that's actually like not bad. But yeah, like on the broad, like the first weeks, yikes, horrible, yeah. horrible start. But regardless, let's get into the women because I actually think the women's tournament has been really, really interesting so far. Uh, we had the rise of uh, Bianca Bibi Andrescu, who's sort of like making her pseudo comeback onto the tour. Took down Azarenka. I don't know if you got to catch any of that match. I thought it was great. And somebody who we actually should really do an episode on is Andreeva, the 16-year-old out of Russia. Uh, she played Coco Golf yesterday. Coco Golf was able to come back and win that one. I believe it was six-one-six-one in the third set, but. Uh, she played she's really good for being like 15 16 whatever she is she is a really good player and to get to the third round of Roland Garros and be winning all the challengers that she's been winning is really really impressive so she's going to be somebody to watch on the women's side for for quite a while but but Marcus um, tell me what your big takeaways from the women's side so far have been Big takeaways from the women's side, Frankie. I don't know if you've noticed this, but I was looking at the draws uh, before we caught up on the episode here. There are a lot of, and, and I don't know maybe if this has to do with the serve um, aspect in the comparison to the men's game, but the women's game has had a lot of easy wins and a lot of sets that have gone like 6-2, 6-3, 6-2, 6-1. If we're looking at the first, second, kind of third round, I mean, Serenko beat Andrescu. Six one six one. I mean, Ego won her third round match. Six love, six love. I mean, that that's crazy. I don't know if it's just Ego's lost bad eight days. games total through three matches. Yeah, and we need to we need to highlight that. And her draw actually got significantly easier because it's really only kind of Coco standing in her way. So that's kind of um, stood out to me on a whole. Um, specific players, Frankie. The big one that I'm really happy about and that I'm actually I really want to highlight is Alina Svetolina. Uh, came off of being pregnant, uh, gave birth to her and Gael Monfils' little baby, and has now come back onto the tour pretty pretty quickly thereafter. 
um, and is making a deep run, which we have not seen from her in a very long time. Today, she beat Kasakina 6-4-7-6. Along the way, she's also beaten Martina Trevisan uh, from Italy, 26 seed. Uh, Storm Hunter, Blankova, who beat, beat Garcia, your favorite, um, and then Kasakina today. So she's about to set her up for a match between either Sabalenka or Sloane Stevens. I think it's such a great story, obviously, that she's from the Ukraine and supporting, you know, uh, Ukrainian rights and kind of giving her that global platform is amazing as well. But her tennis, I mean, has been phenomenal. We haven't seen that from her in a very long time. Very, very impressed by Svitolina. Could see her making even her deeper run here. Um, we'll, we'll see. But that's kind of the big standout to me. Um, and then a couple of upsets. Obviously, Garcia didn't pan out the way that we thought it would. Um, Rabakina sick can't really do anything about that and then you know maddie keys pagula also not not too great but that svitolina for me is the story so far yeah i think that's i think that's that's pretty much right i think svitolina is is the storyline i think the secondary storyline is just how dominant Iga Sviantek is at roland garros i mean it, it really is rafa-esque in terms of how she sort of elevates to a different level when she's on like Philippe Chatrier, like it's 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 that same sort of Rafa effect. Like, obviously, I think she's a phenomenal clay court player in general, but we've seen her sort of falter a little bit this year, not clean up as much as she did last year. But wow, I mean, so far through this tournament, she just looks on a different level to everyone else. Somebody who else who I want to highlight um, as well, or two 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 women I want to highlight as well. One of which we said, the other one we didn't. Um, one is Beatrice Haddad Maya, who was actually my second favorite to go through uh, that portion of the semifinals. Um, if Rabakina sort of lost or whatever may happen, she is a legit player. She's won a Masters 1000 event. She's a baller. Do not be surprised if she ends up getting to that semifinal. And the second person I want to highlight is somebody who I like really, I don't want to say wrote off, but like sort of put on the back burner was Ans, Ans Jabor who has also played pretty darn well so far and, you know, had some tougher matches, I would say. She hasn't, like, blown people through. Like, she's, she almost lost her last match against uh, Danilovic, but uh, still really, really impressive so far. So that's going to be... Uh, if I, I hope that that is the quarterfinal, that it's Haddad Maya versus Anjabor, because I think that would be super uh, entertaining to watch. Uh, obviously, the person that did take down Maria Sakari is Karolina Mukova, who is a really, really good player and has gotten uh, through through the draw so far. And she'll play Pavlyuchenkova in the quarters as well. Uh, Sabalenka and Stevens are actually playing as we're recording this. So I guess we'll find out what happens there. Our prediction, I would say, is going to be that Sabalenka gets through, but... Uh, the match is literally going on as we are. Uh, yep, Sabalenka looks like she's up to zero in a break. Yeah, uh, yeah. I imagine Sabalenka on a clay court. I think she's just too dominant for Sloan. Yeah, I think. I, I mean, I think Sabalenka's. Yeah, Sabalenka's really good. I mean, she's won a Masters one thousand on clay now. Like she, she's a baller. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think broadly, like the, the, the women's side. I agree with your stance on like the blowouts. There's been a lot of blowouts. Uh, more so than the men's that like the men's there's been quite a few like five setters particularly from uh um I, i'm forgetting his name off the top of my head uh the peruvian 
uh, oh, gentleman, Varias, thank you, Barrios, um, yeah. who is an awesome storyline that we'll get to, but hasn't really been like a ton of really, really close matches. It's been like a lot of 6 1, 6 0 sets. And I think that's because, and I'm curious about your opinion on this, it feels like the courts are a little slower this year than normal, uh, at least from what I can tell. Like, I haven't seen as many like super big like aces and the serve being really very effective. Uh, in compar- the, like last year, maybe it was a little bit fast, but I think because it's it's a little bit cooler this year, I, I don't know. It's playing a little slower. Actually, it, it's not. The weather's actually been pretty hot, and it hasn't rained, so it's making the courts very slippery and dry, which generally leads to a quicker condition. However, the reports have been that the balls are super slow and get fluffed up in the oh, first yeah. game or two. They're like super bouncy and like still tightly wound together. But once they start knocking them, like by the time that usually between seventh, eighth, ninth game when they're playing with those balls, it gets super fluffy and slow until they switch them to new ones. So that's probably why I noticed that that's, too. That's what I'm noticing. Like okay, Spare that's of TFO, I mean, they were cranking the ball. Like I thought the ball was going to pop at some point. Uh, it was super, super slow. But the court itself is dry and fast. The ball is slowing it down. So it's actually making for a nice little combination. Okay. Yeah. So then that's, that's the answer to that. Um, that is helpful. Yeah. I have noticed actually it hasn't, hasn't rained. They haven't gotten any rain delays, which is nice, but, um, but yeah, so I think let's tackle the women's just really quickly here with predictions for the rest. Um, Marcus, I think from the top half here, I would be really surprised if Iga is not the person that goes through, uh, even if she plays Haddad Maya or Jabor, I would be really, I would be surprised. It would be cool to get that rematch of the final last year with Coco Goff versus Ika Sviantek, but I don't think Coco has looked super dominant so far. She's already dropped two sets. I, I, I think it's going to be Iga's to lose on the top half. Then on the bottom half, a little bit more open here. I kind of want to believe that Svetolina is going to be able to do it but I have a feeling that she's just going to be running out of gas this late into a tournament just because it's been so long uh I am going to pick Sabalenka there and I think we end up with a Sabalenka Iga Sviantek final yeah I think the winner of the Iga Coco Goff match is going to make it to the final I believe whoever wins that match will make it through I'm going to go with Svitolina actually against Sabalenka, believe it or not. I know I picked Sabalenka to win the tournament, but from what I've seen from Svitolina, her game style, her consistency, and also the way that she's able to kind of control pace of the game and make extended rallies, I don't think Sabalenka is going to really like that. Sabalenka is more of a first strike player. I think that because of the balls have slowed down quite a bit and if she's able to get in extended rallies with Sabalenka and maybe push it to three, I think she can beat her. Um, But it also would not surprise me at all if Sabalenka just rolled through that bottom half um, because it is a little bit unpredictable. Mukova has had some success in slams before. So is Pavly Ochenkova, but also Zabalenka is also on a different level, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Svitolina for now. Um, but again, it's really a toss up at this point. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty open. Um, I actually disagree with you. I don't know if Coco Golf would be able to beat Haddad Maya uh, on clay. I, I don't know. I think it's a little well, bit more I, open. Well, I think if I think, well, I think if Coco beats Iga, then I would pick Coco to continue beating. I mean, if she can beat Iga, that's like the ultimate test on clay. Yeah, fair enough. That's true. That's a fair point. Um, anyway, let's get to the men's side. So, uh, Stefano Tsitsipas has not played uh, Offner yet, but 
they're playing right now. They're playing right now, exactly. But Steph's, I, um, he's uh, he's about to go up two sets to love. So yeah, I think that's pretty much a wrap. I think that's but, wrapped up as well. So a great I'm story in Ovna. Really, really cool. Qualified for the French Open and has made it to the fourth round. Incredible results, including beating Fognini, who looked like he was on a real, real run there. Yeah, I'm surprised that Fognini was not able to beat him. Uh, obviously, won that in five sets, but still. Uh, Fognini had a pretty nice uh, little run here uh, where he didn't drop a set and then all of a sudden loses to uh, Offner. So good for him. Always nice to see a qualifier get through. But uh, Pass will go on to play Carlos Alcaraz in that first quarterfinal. We have Novak Djokovic playing Karen Kachanov in this bottom half. Uh, which includes, we'll talk about uh, Andre Rublev getting upset by Lorenzo Sonigo, which is kind of crazy that that was uh, that that result happened. But uh, carrying on, uh, we've got tomorrow's round of sixteen matches are going to be Holger Rune versus Francisco Sarundolo, who has played. By the way, we're going to have to do another. That's another episode we got to do. I I may have not seen Sarundolo play for a little bit wow, has he gotten so much better. Like, mm-hmm. he is playing out of his skins right now. Told you told you, can't sleep on him. Yeah, no. he Like, I knew he was playing well, uh, but that match against Fritz, I mean, wow, did he play awesome. Uh, we've got Nicholas Jarry versus Casper Rude. Nicholas Jarry is another guy that we're going to have to talk about. Been super hot, and we definitely overlooked, like, we talking about him. him. Like we were aware, like I was at least aware that like he had won that tournament. Uh, what did he win? Geneva, uh, and he won. Um, and he won Santiago early in the year too. He's yeah, won two fifties on clay. We should, he, we completely slept on him. Yeah, so completely slept on him. Um, he was definitely somebody that we should have picked to uh get through. But yeah, he's playing out of his skins. He's playing awesome. So happy for him. Saw him play last year actually against Berrettini. Uh, he's a very good player, but um. Then we've got Dimitrov versus Zverev, which is going to be a very interesting match there. Zverev fresh off his uh, pretty close, but not like super close match against Francis Tiafo. Um, and Dimitrov basically having a walkover against Altmaier because Altmaier was cooked at that Toasted. point. Yeah, yeah, he was just done. And then another surprise person is Echeverry. Versus Yoshihito and Nishioka uh, in the last round of 16 match here. Both of those guys really taking advantage of their opportunities with uh, Daniil going out. So it's uh, it's pretty wide open on this bottom half, Marcus, which is kind of what we predicted would happen. So uh, let's start with the top. Um, Carlos Alcaraz. I mean, Carlos Alcaraz versus versus Stefano Tsitsipas. Let's, let's talk about their journey. Uh, here so far yeah well carlos it's been pretty straightforward um had a had a four set match with daniel but we all know he would take care of business in the last two matches i mean he's just absolutely dominated took out shapovalov one four and two and then i don't know if you watched the match this morning frankie but he absolutely obliterated musetti on clay which is a very 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 tall order to do um, Musetti is a clay court expert, has almost beaten and beaten Djokovic on clay before. Uh, this guy is the real deal on the dirt, but I mean, Carlos made him look like an amateur this morning, which was insane. Stefanos has also had kind of an uneventful first couple of rounds. Um, you know, he went four sets with Vesely, 
Karabayas Bayene took care of took care of Schwartzman pretty easily, and he's taking care of Ufna as we speak. So he's been looking good and looking fresh. Yeah, I think I that's going to be comes to one of this the match, more I'm going to be a little bit quarterfinals more just because of Steph's kind of are. clay court clout as well. I think on um, one hand, opinion, I was expecting I, a little bit more Carlos from Musetti to today, today against Alcaraz. Alcaraz was just super uh, I don't think it'll be a straight set just like in that match. Straight set match like Carlos last couple considering how well Musetti played going in. Carlos, when what do you think? But I think that that match against Taro Daniel is actually a little bit more interesting than what you're giving it credit for. I think that Taro Daniel gave like a little bit of the blueprint of how to like at least attempt to beat Carlos Alcaraz, which is kind of pushing the ball. I'm not going to lie. That's really what it is, is just pushing, hoping Carlos gets frustrated or hoping he starts to rush and gradually trying to wear him down, which by the way, like I'm not saying this as if it's like a blueprint to beat him, but like that is how you should probably attempt to do so, uh, because he just looks like he is on fire right now. He really does sort of look like the best player on the tour by a pretty substantial margin. If I'm being honest, I don't want to discount Steph because he is a finalist at Roland Garros. He's played pretty well so far from what I've seen, but I think when I try to compare what I just said about like that's the blueprint to at least try to beat Carlos Alcaraz that is really not something that is in Stefano Tsitsipas's game like he is so much more of an attacking player he is the most attacking most in attack player in the game on clay it's really going to be difficult for him to do that against Carlos Alcaraz that's why I do think that Alcaraz will win but I will put some hesitation on it because I think that Steph like he has like he's got to have something to prove like i think that he definitely has that sort of uh like chip on his shoulder and i don't know how valuable that's going to be in this matchup that's my that's my one like caution that's holding me back but i do hear you it's a really bad matchup for him yeah he's just never I don't know, he's just never been really that successful against carlos and the game doesn't match up and i mean carlos has just looked so good too Again, that's why I said four or five. I don't think it'll be a wash. Um, I don't think it'd be a straight set thing. But, you know, I, th- I think we're both in agreement that Carlos gets through there. Um, Frankie, we've got Djokovic Kachanov. I'm really, really, really liking the way Novak has played. He has looked phenomenal um, from his first match to his last. He has absolutely dominated Everybody who he's played against, from the baseline, serving really well, moving incredibly well, just hitting with such good depth that you just don't see too much, you know, from other players on the tour. I don't. I like Achanov, and he's been playing fantastic as well. We both kind of shouted him out in the previous episode that he was a threat. He's been playing super well at Grand Slams, but I, I don't really see him really being a th- much of a threat to to Nole. Do you? No, I'm with you 100%. I actually think the thing that I wanted to highlight about Novak is I think that he's playing better than he did all of last year, which is like really incredible to say about a guy who's like, what, 35, 36 at this point. But that and hasn't match, had a good clay season either. And hasn't had a good clay season. But that match against Davidovich Fikina, that's a match he loses last year, like literally lost last year, you know? And now to see him sort of like scrape through and win that match in straight sets was huge because Davidovich Vakina was playing really well, really, really well. Yep. And Novak just sort of hung in and was able to beat him. 
and make it look like make it look routine is the thing. Novak's looking really good. I think that's going to be it. It's going to be like a four setter for me. And I love Kachanov. I think he's played awesome. But Novak just looks, again, superhuman. Yep. Let's get to the next one. This is this is one of them. Also, one of the more entertaining ones. Um, round of sixteen matches, at least. Holger Runa, Francisco Sarundolo, and then we've also got. I mean, wow. We've also then got Casper Ruud against Nicholas Jerry. Dude, I'm loving the way Sarundolo is playing. Like, I want him to go all the way. I really want to pick him against Ruud, so I'm going to because I think that he can. Sarundolo can out hit anybody, by far. And he's got like some of the fastest speed in terms of ball ball speed uh, on the tour. And I don't know how good that is for Runa. I think Runa would prefer maybe someone who hits it a little bit slower so he can kind of attack on his own terms. I'm really liking Saruna to get through there. And then I, we've been sleeping on Jerry. The guy's been really, really good on Clayton, especially for such a tall dude, like a big six foot six. And he's not like he doesn't look like Zverev out there who doesn't look 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 like six foot six because he can move so well. Jerry kind of looks bigger and clunkier, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pick Casper for that one. I think Casper has been finally getting his rhythm here and he's going to be able to drop shot Jerry a lot, move him around the court with his angles, especially on his backhand cross court angle. Um, but again, that's me. I think that those that's going to be the quarter matchup there, um, and I think ultimately, I think ultimately Rude will get through. I think Sarundolo's time will have to end at some point, um, and, and Rude is able to kind of handle the pace better, in my opinion, than Runa. I want to hear your thoughts though, because you've been pretty high on Runa lately. Yeah, I am going to pick Holger Runa. Um, as much as I love Francisco Sarundolo, and like I said, that guy is a top fifteen player in the world. Easy. That ranking is not reflective of how good he is. He is a legit baller. Um, and he's got like that one Martin Del Potro-esque fear hand going on right now, <laughs> but uh, which I love, by the way. Super fun to watch. I just think that Holger Rune has this sort of like Novak-like mental toughness that is really hard to beat. And it takes like a very specific kind of player to beat him. Um, I don't know that Sarundalo is that guy. And I hear you. I think Holger Runa does like being more the attacking player, the guy that's in control. But he has it in his locker to be that guy that's just sort of spinning the ball back and keeping it deep. And he did that against Yannick Sinner, who's an even bigger hitter than Sarundalo is. I disagree on that, but go ahead. No, I mean, statistically, Sinner has the biggest strokes on each side. Sarundolo was hitting faster forehands when they played each other. When? In Rome. Oh, in Rome. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean more so over the course of the whole season, but... That's fair. Yeah, recently, sure. Sarundolo. Um, yeah, I just... I just don't know... I think that three out of five becomes more of a mental thing if it's this close, which I think it is. And I'll take Holger Runa. That's that's going to be my pick. But I I agree. But I acknowledge that's a that's a toss up. I think that that matchup is a toss up. And I think that honestly, it's probably the best match of the whole like round of sixteens. Uh, is is going to be that match? Something that's going for Runa is that he's well rested. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had he somebody not, withdraw. He didn't have to play Munfies, so he is yeah. well rested. So that was definitely in his favor. Yeah, he's well rested. He's played. He dropped a set against Christopher Eubanks. 
I mean, just rolled over um, Olivieri, uh, you know, so he's pretty well rested. Sarundolo had a five set banger against J- uh, Munar and then had, I mean, he got through against Fritz, but like he lost a, he lost a set. So, but it was easy enough. So are, you, are your eyes okay? That was four sets. Four, I said four sets, didn't I? Against Fritz. No, you just said five sets. Oh, sorry. Yeah, four sets. That was four <laughs> sets. Um, but that was that was a tough match. I don't know if four sets is exactly like indicative, but um, sure. but that was a tough match. But either way, I think Sarundalo will be fine, like rest wise. Uh, but I'm gonna take Holger Rune by like this like very small amount. Uh, in terms of Rude and Jerry, I think you're spot on. I think Casper Rude has just played really, really well. Jerry, love him, been a baller, but I think Rude has the skill set to beat him, especially at this stage. And that sort of sets up the all Scandinavian quarterfinal for me, which I, to be honest, I have no idea what I'm going to predict there. I, originally, I said Rune by that much because of what happened in Rome, but Casper's kind of convincing me that he's going to be able to get to the finals of Roland Garros again. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> like, After we've been absolutely just <laughs> flaming him on the pod for like three weeks straight. And then he does I know, this. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. He's doing the reverse of the curse. You got to love it. Reverse of the curse. I like that. I like that. Um, But let's get to this bottom half because I think Zverev Dimitrov is also going to be a pretty interesting match. Uh, But I think I'm going to lean. I mean, it's crazy because Dimitrov hasn't dropped a set, but he also hasn't really played anyone. (laughs) Like he played, he played, um, he played Ruzavori, but Ruzavori was coming off a five set like war. So, yeah. He's played, I mean, he beat Timofey Scott of a qualifier, and then he beat two dudes who were washed up after five-set matches. Yeah, so. I just, I don't really know how much, like, I'm putting into uh, Dimitrov dropping a, not dropping a set so far, whereas I feel like Zverev has had, like, pretty, like, Lloyd Harris is, a, is a, at the very least, is a good player with a good serve, so it's a tougher match. Uh, Mulkan is, like, a decent, is another, like, Pretty good player, big serve, gets through that pretty easily. And Tiafo has played really, really well on clay so far this year. And Zverev, like, really just picked him apart during that match. Like, really, just in those key moments, Zverev just turned it on to another level. Uh, and I think that now that he's at this point where he's in the second week of Roland Garros again, he's, I think he's really pumped up. I, I mean, I just saw it. For him to be like one year removed from his injury to be back here, he looks amped um, and physically looks really, really good. I'm going to take Zverev there. Um, but again, I, I do think that'll be probably be close, but I, I'll take Zverev by that much. Uh, in the Echeverry and Nishioka matchup, um, I'm actually going to take Echeverry. I think Echeverry has played really, really well. And he's had like a really nice clay season. I would not be surprised if he won that match. So I'm I am actually going to take Echeverry. Yeah, and I think that's something we also need to highlight. Uh, that the the storyline for the men's in the first week is the the um the exceptional play of South Americans on the surface is emphasized dramatically. At the Grand Slams, we've got a lot of Argentinians, Jari from Chile, uh, Barrios from Peru. Clay makes it so much more open so that the top guys can lose if they're not clay court savvy, like a Sverev, 
Um, I mean, we even saw Sinner lose to Altmaier. I mean, Altmaier is kind of a counterpuncher grinder, and he broke Sinner down mentally. I mean, he didn't out-hit Sinner. Yeah, he had a couple of really nice one into backhands down the line, moved him around the I'll box. I'll pop but... off on that later in this podcast. Carry yeah, on. I was about to say, we're going to have a little Sinner section. Um, but I think Sverev, I mean, Sverev's clay court, shav- clay court savvy. Echeverry's clay court savvy. These are all dudes who are really, really good. Um, my pick to go through here, Frankie, is going to be Sverev. I think that he is somebody who we also talked about before the tournament that he needed reps. He needed matches. He needed to play into his way into it. And now he's starting to really look good. Um, I think the Francis match was actually a lot tighter than you th- saw it because Francis was up 5 3 30 love, 5 4 40 love, and then up 6 5 30 love. It's may push that to five. So Francis is probably kicking himself a little bit that he didn't get that to five. But to be fair, Zverev also played super, super well on those points, played solid, played steady, didn't go for too much and try to get out of his own range, which is something that we haven't seen from Zverev in a while. He's really starting to play within himself. And now that he's got, he, do, he doesn't have to worry about Medvedev mentally. And I think he matches up well against Dimitrov. And then I think he's just a better, more experienced player than whoever he plays Echeverry or, or Nishioka. Yeah, let me let me better represent my thoughts on the match. Um, I agree with you. I think it was a close match, but what I more mean was that it seems like every single like tense point, Zverev won. He was Zverev, in control. Yeah. Yes, Zverev was winning every tense point, every deuce scenario. Like Zverev was winning, um, and that's more so what I'm what I mean when I say like Zverev had that. Like he like every big point Zverev was winning. Uh, as always, the key for Zverev to me is his serve. If he serves well, he he just he wins. Like that's, Which, it's really that simple. And it's been happening. Yeah, and it's been happening. He's been he had a ton of aces. He like is playing really well. I saw him hit a second serve over a hundred. You know, five mile an hour, amazing. Ooh. Like I know, it's great. <laughs> it's it's crazy that that's still a thing. But yeah, I think that your characterization is correct. I think that's a really bad matchup for Dimitrov because um, Zverev's backhand is just. I was saying it to um I was actually saying it to Emma the other day that like it may not be the best backhand on tour like with all the statistics that we have now and whatever but like my god is it the prettiest like it is just so fluid so easy like it is like a work of art um yeah. you know so I, I I really I'm very impressed with Zverev that's was is the summary of of that so um, and I agree with your statement about the South Americans, by the way, hundred percent. I think that that part of the reason that that's happening though, is because the balls are like doing their little fuzzy thing and slowing it down a little bit. I think mm-hmm. when we have the greater variance in the courts, the specialists have a chance to win against players that like on a neutral surface probably would kill them. But when you have the greater variance, it allows for differing play styles, uh, to have success. Um, and that's why I'm like, so, and I know, I think you are too, like, so against the sort of uniformity that they're putting to all of the courts of slowing down the grass, speeding up the clay and, you know, whatever, hundred percent against that. It yep. should all be very different, allow different play styles. That was like, that, that's the best for the tour. Yeah. It creates a more interesting tournament environment for everybody involved from A to Z, you know, and if you can win it and you still can beat these specialists on the surface, that means you really are one of the better tennis players in the world, like a Djokovic, like a Carlos. Frankie, it looks like we've got a Carlos-Djokovic semis. We already picked Carlos to go to the final there um, in our in our preview. 
Um, I really just kind of want to talk about the bottom more so because the top has kind of gone how we expected. The bottom has not really with Sinner losing um, and obviously Daniil losing. So specifically, I think, you know, we both agree that Zverev's getting through to that to that semifinal. And if he plays, we'll call it, I mean, honestly, Rude or Runa. Or Sarundalo. Or, or uh, Sarundalo. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would not, I I would not dismiss him. So, honestly, I kind of I have a gut feeling this is Sparrow's chance to make another Slam final. I tend to agree. I tend to agree. I, I I'm coming around to that as well. Uh, just something about him this tournament. There was something I saw with that Tiafo match where I was just like, man, he looks good. He looked locked in. Uh, we he seen looked him locked, that locked in. in. He looked locked in, a while. in. He looked locked in, and. Uh, yeah, I would not be surprised if Zverev, if, if Zverev made the final. And Zverev is a tough matchup for Carlos, by the way. Zverev's given him a tough time every time they've played, and Marcus can get into why. Like, but uh, either way, like, I, yeah, that bottom half is just so open. I mean, I I could totally see Runa getting through. I could totally see Casper Rude getting through. Like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I think cautiously i am going to pick zverev is going to be my revised pick for the final but very low conviction i could see either one of the three guys we just said getting through yeah honestly i don't even want to make a pick because it's such it's such a toss-up it's just ridiculous um it's going to be i'm glad it's happening though i really am it makes it so much more interesting and really draws your attention to the tv screen because at least on the other side you have like that predicted like oh i want to see carlos play stuff i want to see carlos play joker too so it's turned out to be a great tournament so far frankie we know how badly you are a diehard yannick sinner fan and how he broke your heart when he could not close out Danya Eitmaya, you were hoping he would make you would be in Sverre's position that he would make the final that this would be his shot you were calling on it for him. Um, you said some very derogatory, poor words about him and some messages to me on WhatsApp. Elaborate for our listeners how you feel. Um, we also definitely need to talk about Djokovic versus Alcaraz. It's not like, like that's the blockbuster match of the whole tournament, just saying. Um, even though we both think that Carlos Alcaraz will win, we should still at least like talk about it. Anyway, yeah, I just, I think I said it on... I, th- I said it in the Rome podcast, too. It's the same thing. I think that there are guys who are winners on this tour that just know how to win and like win difficult matches like Carlos has demonstrated over and over again. And I don't think that center is that anymore. I do not know what happened, but like he is really getting into this habit of getting mentally frustrated and only showing his frustration. Um, and Marcus just messaged me that the message of winners win things uh winners win when things are not going right and that's 100 percent correct and that is my biggest problem with yannick center like for a guy that like people say like oh he's the ice man he doesn't show a lot of a, like you know emotion whatever all i see is negative emotion i would love to see and i've been saying this for years now right i would love to see him actually show like some fire and some passion like with winning like i don't think that that's like a bad thing because what it looks like to me right now with him is that he is so like tense and not enjoying playing tennis that he's only fixated on winning. And when you fixate on winning, that's actually a bad thing. 
And you look at somebody like Carlos Alcaraz, who's out there smiling when he gets lobbed by Musetti, like on a sick drop shot, whatever. And Carlos is like, happy-go-lucky, smiling. He's like, wow, I just had fun. Like, the guy just loves to, to play tennis. And, like, I'm not seeing that from Yannick anymore. Like, I'm seeing, like, this frustrate, like, this tense, like, anxiousness from him. And that has me really, really worried about sort of his his next, like, few months here. If I was him, like if I was his coach, rather, like I would really be like going back to the drawing board with Jan and saying like, we need to focus on you just like having fun. Like, I know that that's probably like a ridiculous statement, but like, I'm really like, I I think he needs to lose. Like, he just looks really tense. Dude, 100,000% agree with you because this is something that I have dealt with myself playing on like my local tournaments out here in in Colorado for some reason sometimes players including myself and you've probably felt this too you put yourself under so much unnecessary pressure that you forget that the whole like you're like you have to win this you have to win that you're this level you're that level sometimes you forget that you're out there playing this thing for fun this is your this is your hobby this is your passion you should go out there and play it for fun it doesn't matter whether or not you win or lose Obviously, it's a, probably a little bit different on a professional scale, um, and also because there's a lot of expectations around Jan. But I think internally, it's not about how we externally view him because you and I are both are still going to have expectations for him, right? Frankie's going to, you know, he's the, you know, he's supposed to be the Carlos guy, the Carlos killer, you know, the guy who's supposed to be one two with Carlos. But internally, he just needs to tell himself, "Look, I got to have fun out here. If it's not fun, then what am I doing?" Because if you can't have fun while you're playing, you can't win. And that's just kind of plain and simple. I mean, all these other, like you just said, Carlos is having a great time. He's having a blast. He's playing with the crowd and he's still kicking ass. That's because he's, he takes it light. Even when he loses, he's like, okay, all right, you know, next match. I mean, Jan looked like he was about to, I mean, he was throwing his racket at like a super, super tight point at, uh, like in the fifth set there where I was like, you're, yeah, ta- you're talking about the overhead, the overhead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, why are you doing that? Like, you don't, we, we don't need to be doing this. You're in it. You're in it. You're like, you have a chance here. And it gave Altmaia all the confidence that he needed to just go play his game. So Jan needs to go back to the drawing board. I think we should honestly do a separate episode on Jan about his grand slam specific results and about how he can't break through that barrier. Um, but I agree with you. He, he needs to kind of rekindle his love for the game a little bit because he doesn't he didn't look too happy out there. No, no. And I, like that for me is the biggest sort of red flag of all. Um, but, you know, I, I, I hate feel like feeling like I'm being harsh on a player that I like love so much. But I, I when I see that, like I see like Marcus just alluded to, like, I think that that is something that like everybody at every level can relate to. And obviously there's a difference, like Marcus said, with being a professional, but still like putting that pressure on yourself and not remembering that you're just playing a game is really tough. And like, I think that a lot of Jan's problems are really just due to that basic fact. Um, You know, so the guy's got all the talent in the world. He could so easily put it together. It's just about like remembering to just have some fun. But either way, um, we should probably wrap this guy up because I think we're going a uh, little little tight on time here with the <laughs> with the little rant at the end. But um, <laughs> but yeah, either way, I think that the winner of the Novak 
uh, Carlos match will probably end up winning Roland Garros. Um, uh, whether that's Novak pulling through somehow or Carlos just continuing his coronation. Uh, my gut feeling is it's Carlos because Carlos is just playing, in my opinion so far, at a different stratosphere to everybody else. But um, yeah, I think I'm going to just say I, I, the one thing that we're right on so far, Carlos Alcaraz, good at tennis. Let's go. That's right, baby. He is good at tennis. Guys, thank you so much for joining. Uh, we're going to bring you the Roland Garros post-review uh, next week. We're super excited for that. Make sure to follow, subscribe us. You know where to hit it. Frankie already said it in the beginning of the episode, so we really appreciate everybody's uh, everybody's listenership. Any, guy, any ideas, if you want to be on the pod, please DM us. We're so open to it. If you want to discuss Roland Garros afterwards and our hot takes, we're more than happy to. Um, and otherwise... We will see you next week. Take it easy, guys. See ya.